0: Of you that have already listened to the sermon, the podcast begins at about 10 and a half minutes. Howdy, y'all. My name is Tiffany Keith. I'm the preaching pastor of Heartstrings, Bluegrass Worship, and Wild Hearts. Welcome to Give God an Inch, where we open ourselves up to God's nudging. I will read one of my sermons, read, not preach, totally different things. What I write and what comes out on Sunday mornings are not the same. After I read the sermon, we are going to take a little bit of time to reflect on it, what I said, why, and maybe what hit the cutting room floor. Oh God, open us up. Open our eyes that we might see, our ears that we might hear. God, open our hearts that we might feel. And then, oh God, open our hands that we might serve. Amen. Amen. What would cause you to leave home behind? What would drive you to leave your safe, familiar routines to journey into the unknown? What would cause you to journey into an uncertain future? I love officiating weddings. I love the excitement and joy, that moment when the bride brings out Excel spreadsheets that hold the dreams and plans for the day. And most importantly, I love sitting down and talking to the couple. We talk about the ceremony and details. I asked them how they met. Just this week, I was talking to a couple and when I asked about how they met, the bride laughed and told me I had to ask the groom first. She wanted to know what he would say. A couple of years ago, I officiated a wedding in our chapel. I was standing up front. The mothers were seated. The groom was standing by my side with his friends and family on the other side of him. The congregation was standing, and the music for the bride's entrance was playing, and the doors were not opening, not opening, not opening. It was a long, traumatic, tension-filled moment. Then the doors opened and a beautiful bride. Behind her, the wedding plans, the Excel spreadsheet, a life, a home. And coming down the aisle, she was leaving it all behind. Leaving home, walking into a new life. As you know, sometimes leaving home isn't so planned. Sometimes leaving home doesn't come with plans and spreadsheets and preparation. It was a very normal morning for Simon. The alarm woke him up like every morning like the mornings for his father before him and his grandfather before him. It was time to go to work. He dressed, went and woke up his brother, said his morning prayers, ate a normal breakfast, wondered about the weather and the news of the day. This day that changed everything began so normal. When they left their home that morning, they had no idea that they were leaving home for a new life. They didn't know they'd be leaving home. Hear these words from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of this word. At 15 years old, William Jackson Palmer got a job at a railroad company. At 19, he went to England for six months to learn about coal and the railroad industry, an unknown combination at that time. Railroads used wood, not coal for fuel. Can you imagine leaving home for the first time? To England? Long before there were airplanes. Packing your bags for the trip. Making sure they were within the weight limit. Pacing around the house wondering what you forgot hugging family goodbye, praying for a safe journey. At 25 years old, Palmer left his commitment to passivism to join the Union Army. Come to find out, he was more against slavery than he was for peace. Eventually, he rose to the rank of general. Weird fact, at almost 30 years old, he came within 20 miles of General Robert E. Lee, commander of the Confederate Army, and didn't even know it. After the Civil War, General Palmer left home for the West. The West was a completely different world. It was dangerous, full of possibility, and so much pain. On one such journey, he met Mary, Queen Lincoln. They were engaged a a month later, married the next spring, and settled here, founding the city of Colorado Springs, and 150 years ago, this church. This church has left home a lot in the 150 years of gathering, sometimes quite literally. I know this is obvious, but some things are worth saying. This building is not 150 years old. This community of faith has moved out of multiple buildings. We met as a Sunday school in a home at Bijou and Cascade, then left home for a new church building the next year. A decade later, moved into our third location. 20 years later, our fourth. 50 years later, we moved into our current sanctuary. Looking back at history, it's easy to just hear the dates, to hear about the moves. But for the people actually there, the people that were actually leaving home, it's much deeper. It included so much emotion and memories. For the people there, they were leaving home they were leaving the pew that they sat in for years, leaving behind the walls that they remember painting, memories of concerts and services and laughter and tears. Yes, it includes joys and hope, leaving home behind, but it also includes grief and sadness. And that's when leaving home is planned and leaving for bigger things. Leaving home is not always planned. It's not always easy. It's not always to chase dreams. Sometimes home is comfort, familiarity, normalcy, predictability, safety. This church has left those comforts behind so many times in the last 150 years. It has suffered the loss of longtime, much-beloved pastors It has gone to its knees in prayer and grief during world wars, planes flying into buildings, school shootings, movements and protests, and pandemics that shook us to the very fabric of our being. It is not often that an entire community comes together on a Sunday morning with similar thoughts and fears and prayers, but that has been so true for us in the last 18 months. As a culture, a world we come together with grief buried deep in who we are we grieve, we grieve the loss of normal of predictability of safety we grieve the loss of handshakes and hugs that felt normal and not tinged with fear we grieve the loss of children smiling and laughing and playing without fear of invisible dangers that might be lurking on every hand We grieve easy, light holiday dinners and weddings and funerals and worship services and gatherings that happened without fear of getting sick or getting others sick. We are grieving. We are mourning the loss of home. Over the next few weeks, we're going to travel through this journey of leaving home, the excitement that surprises us on the journey, the storms that shake us, And the unnerving feeling of loss when we return home and find that it is not the same place we left and that we aren't the same either. We will find comfort and hope through the eyes of the disciples, whether it be the morning they were called away from home by Jesus or found themselves in awe on their journey. I remember March 2020 walking through the sanctuary when Lorenzo, one of our facility staff, said, see you in April. Time stops in that moment. I remember where I was standing. I remember what I was feeling, my absolute and utter disbelief. I didn't believe them. I didn't believe that everything was about to change. I didn't believe that the comfort and safety of what was would be so gone to us. I didn't believe that we would be leaving home. Oh, what you think?
1: Well, thank you. I, I, I love it. I, I, it was it, it was one of the uh, clearest arcs of a sermon that I've ever heard you preach. I'm Kent Ingram, uh, one of the pastors at First United Methodist Church in Colorado Springs and a colleague of Tiffany Keith's and uh, enjoy getting to talk with her about her sermons on a weekly basis. Who are you?
0: And I'm Tiffany.
1: You talked about grief. And you talked about, um, you know, our our church's journey. I I just, I thought the trajectory was really, really good. Um, I love the opening question. The other thing that that surprised me, because we've talked about it a little bit, and I still got surprised by it, was um, I love the bride story. I mean, you can just feel that. But then you went into the story of of not planning to leave home. And, And you used Simon's name, and I kept, I, I kept waiting to figure out who Simon was. And then you said, you know, listen now to the word of the Lord. <laughs> oh, that Simon, <laughs> that, that surprised me. I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know why I didn't see it coming. Uh, and, and I, in a good way, in a good way. I mean, it, it got me into the into scripture the um, you know, cause it's all easy it's you know we've read these we know these we kind of go numb to it but when you but when you set it up by woke up by his alarm, you know I mean you know, the, the whole it felt like it was going to be a different story yeah right did you do that on purpose?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I knew that people aren't going to get Simon, right? That, but yeah. I wanted people to not hear it from the other side, from like, oh, they were called. Just think that that morning was normal. I wanted them to think of a normal morning first, yeah. and then realize they've heard the story a thousand times.
1: Yeah, that was that was really effective. I, I Again, you know, because you and I had chatted about where you were going to go with the sermon, and, and, and you know, as soon as you said that, I remember that came to mind, but I was, it caught me up in. And, you know, you had the brides and everyone talking about Simon and I was just waiting to find out who Simon
0: was. Okay? <laughs> and you knew.
1: <laughs> I, and I knew, yeah, that was really good. Um,
0: yeah.
1: The Palmer stuff was really helpful. I, I, I um, you know, I like, I, I like, I, I mean, that, that just brings it closer to home. I mean, it's using an example of someone that, that is sort of ours, right? I mean, it's not sort of out there somewhere, it kind of ties into dust. And I, and I thought that was really, really good too. Um, you, you had You had talked before about not knowing whether you're going to use his story or her story. This is Palmer's story and you, and you chose his. Why was that?
0: Well, because I don't have very much information on her right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's actually, you know, as often in history, the men are written about and the women are not so much. So he has a really long like Wikipedia page that talks about his life. Um, She doesn't have any, right? Yeah. So I found some information on her, but really not a lot. Um, I did order a book. So like I said, kind of in the, in the sermon that this is a series. So I'm hoping that when I get the book about her, um, I, I can put more in in the upcoming sermon series because um, so one of the reasons I'm talking about them and you already know this, but, you know, listeners probably don't. Um, I we're coming up on 150th anniversary of the church in, in October. So this sermon series will end right about, you know, when that is. Um, and, and I just I, I want to point towards our history too and, and you know i i do have a question for you um one of it's it's important to me to understand our history and in to see you know as a faith so you know we point back to the bible every single week we go back to scripture and back to scripture and back to scripture. Um, And that's because that story matters, not just for theological reasons, but also for historical reasons and cultural reasons. Like when we disconnect scripture from the time in which it it was birthed, we miss so much beauty in the stories and the truth in there. Um, So in the same, I think for us as a church Our history and our story. And I talked about it roundtable a little bit, where Palmer's a little hard um, to write about because he both was so anti-slavery that he went from being a pacifist, a Quaker, to you know, joining the Civil War, becoming a general. And then comes out comes out west and and you know removes Native Americans from their land, right? Even if he didn't do it directly he definitely you know owned tons of acres in this area which you know we know was not really his to sell off you know um i so history matters to me and yet when i was reading when i was just reading the sermon to you and thinking back you know patty kind of pushes me on round table and i super appreciate it like where's the hope the joy where's jesus in the story and I realized as I was reading it that, you know, I barely, you know, as, as effective as how I set the calling of the disciples up, I didn't talk about it. I, I told it as a story and then moved on. So do I need to wrap back around and adjust that? You know, I don't know if I could move it in the sermon or talk about it more or point to the truth more. Cause I, I think the truth is there underneath. But I don't directly like. Is my congregation good enough to get it? Even if they don't, I don't. Um, I don't it. know that
1: you need to go back to the story. You could. Um, I, I do think that that the good news that there's any good news in this is that that leaving home, planned or unplanned, we don't leave alone. Um, you know, G- Jesus. Jesus may call us to leave. Uh, Jesus may. Join us in our believing. Um, but, you know, like the disciples, we have an unknown future. Um, we, we're committing ourselves, you know, we're on a journey that we don't know the destination. Um, and, but we do, we do know who we travel with. And I think, I think that can be said in a sentence near the end, right? I mean, we, we, I thought you ended it very well. I think very emotionally too. You know, that we we find ourselves in this period of, of you know unplanned leaving of home, um, uh, but but God has been with us in all of these journeys for 150 years. Um, I, I think that I mean I I think I think that sort of sort of that recognition might be enough rather than. I mean, you could circle back to the story. You could end with, you know, like, like on that day, Silent woke up, um, you know, in April or in March, you know, we found ourselves on a journey that we hadn't planned. Uh,
0: what if, um, I, and this, wouldn't, this is not a direct, but it would indirect, and I think it's clear enough, but what if I start, you know, it was a normal day for me, the alarm woke yeah. me up. It was a normal breakfast sure. and, you sure. know, yeah, the yeah. normal thing to walk through the sanctuary.
1: Yeah, I think that would be good too. It's a good technique. And I, but I do think, I, I, I mean, I, I think if, if the, the piece that Patty pushed you on the round table was the God piece, you know, and, and um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say we're on a journey, plan or unplanned, that, that pulls us away from wherever home is. It's another thing to say that we're on this journey. We're not alone. We have each other in, in, in God's presence. So
0: I mean, and not to play a total devil's advocate on that, but the disciples when they were called that morning didn't know they were leaving with Jesus. Oh no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, so so there is a a both uh, an assurance looking back that Jesus was with us but in the moment, I don't know that there's, that we always know that.
1: Well, you know, so, so maybe it's a question rather than an affirmation. Yeah. So maybe it's, um, I mean, maybe you just named that the disciples had no idea who they were leaving with.
0: And I'm thinking, you know, I do wrap back around to the disciples a little bit. I'm wondering if I could add that to that paragraph when i say you know we're going through the sermon series and we're going to look through the eyes of the disciples you know and and maybe in there put you know they left you know talk about the sermon series because i am going to go through these moments when you know they felt in awe these moments when they were just terrified and These moments of returning home, and, and nothing was quite the same as when they left. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if somewhere in there yeah. I could, and you know, kind of mention that we know Jesus was with them the whole time, but I don't know that they knew,
1: sure, yeah. Or, or I mean, even if you don't want to get that specific, just to say, I mean, just to simply name. In that journey, they had no idea who they were journeying with. Mm. If you just leave it there, um, that raises the question, right? Do, do we know who we're journeying with? Um, you, know, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, because I, I honor that impulse you have to not, to not name it so clearly every time that it takes some of the, the congregational thought process out of it. It's the stuff, you know, the inductive stuff. So, so maybe if you, if you just said it in such a way, like, you know, like they had no idea on that day who they left with and, and, mm. and just let that hang there, you know, I mean, I think that that gets people close enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't know that I would say this, but that makes me think of how many times Jesus asked them in the book of Mark, who am I?
1: Yeah. yeah and, and
0: they got it wrong, you know, yeah. I mean, they didn't or got it close, but didn't get it quite right. <laughs> That's what I'm preaching on this week. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So there were two things that I that I want to just point out. I, and one of them is really, really tiny. I I, um, I found it personally interesting that Palmer's pacifism was born out of his Quaker faith. Mm-hmm. You didn't mention it in the sermon. You mentioned it afterwards when we were talking about it. Um, and so I, you know, whatever that's worth. You know his, his his deep pacifism, grounded in his Quaker faith. Whatever I I just found that interesting. You know that that okay. that you know when when I hear Quaker general, you know that that causes a dissonance. That you know is, yeah you know, the okay. other thing, and we talked about this a lot. And I and I don't yeah you know, I don't know I don't know the answer to this. I, I find myself drawn to it, and and you did it. Um, and, and I don't know I don't know. i don't know if it needs to be added to or if you did it enough but you got to the place after you talked about palmer where you sort of defined home a little okay okay and and i don't i don't know why that's important for me I, i i just know that in our conversations this week you know that that's the place where i stop you know it's it's like so what is home what is home what is home and um and it's obviously not the same thing for everybody. And it's not, you know, for some people it's geography, and some people it's it's people, and some people it's feeling and sentiment, or whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, anyway, that that's that's the when you talk about a, a leaving home series, um, my mind just wants to play with that a little bit. What home is? So.
0: so would it be a good move to define it clearly, or a bad move to define it clearly and take away that
1: wrestling? Well, I think I think I, I again, you know, our yours our and mine sort of typical pattern when we don't want to name it specifically is to ask questions, and and, and maybe simply the question. I mean, after you said those few things, I didn't get them written down, but those few things about what home is. You know, simply to ask the question: What is home for you, or whatever home is for you, or whatever. You know now. You know the danger of that is is that they leave for a little bit. They're, they're playing in their mind around that uh, and miss some of the grief stuff. And I, I don't. I don't want them to miss some of the grief stuff. But um, I, again, this is this is not really a critique of the sermon. This is just an admission that it, it, once you started talking with me about this sermon series, I, I've just been playing in my mind over and over again around what home might be. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't define it.
0: Okay. Cause I got because for me, I mean, in some ways it's a little of the same for me, right? What's home? Um, so I did kind of write out my answers for it, right? Yeah. It's a feeling of safety.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. It, you know, it's that feeling of comfort. And sometimes yeah. it's a building. Sometimes yeah. it's yeah. It, it's you know, knowing where my coffee is in the morning and not having to look for it and find it. There's a a predictability about home. Um but I think that's a narrow definition of what home is.
1: Yeah. And you, you implied it in other places that it's, that it's, it can be space. It can be a pew. Mm. It can be a sanctuary where babies were baptized. and Grandmas were buried and weddings occurred. whatever. I mean, you know, it, you know it, it, maybe, maybe that's what home felt like to first churches. They moved from building to building. I mean, you, you imply it in various different places. Um, And I don't really have an answer for this. I just know that that, when you get there, I play around with it. Yeah.
0: I, I was thinking about a specific story when, um, Yeah, I was working with another church, and they how they moved, and and asking them stories about you know tell me about this church, tell me about why you're here. When did you feel most alive and engaged in this in this community? And the answer was, well, I remember you know you know they let me loose to paint a wall when I was young. This Uh, was an eighty year old man talking about painting this wall, And, and what I realized was that the wall was in their old building. I I mean, but he still considered, it it wasn't the wall, right? But he still kind of left that memory behind when they moved buildings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, space... It is, does feel like home. I mean, you know, I, 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 I am moved by space, sanctuary space, whatever it might be. Uh, and I get it when, when, when congregations are resistant to changes or moving. Uh, you know, I, that's a space has been important to me over my life. And, and, our, and our backgrounds are very different too, right? I, I went grade one to 12, <laughs> K to 12 in one town, right? With pretty much the same people Um, so, so even though I don't have any family there left there either, that's home, right? That, that, that place, Chatham, Illinois, Glenwood High School, you know, Chatham Elementary. Um, but, but that's not home for you, I don't think, is it? I mean.
0: Wow. Um, it's hard for me maybe that's why when I think about home, the word that comes to mind is that safety and, yeah, yeah. and predictability and routine and not space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no,
1: exactly. and yeah, that's what I, uh, what I was making.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's why, like I'm getting ready to move. in, um, you know, so my whole apartment's like in, in upheaval with random boxes here and there and, um, which, which even though I'm in the same space, doesn't really, I, you know, there, there's a lacking of home to it, not because the space has changed, but because the predictability and safety has
1: you're in a liminal place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not name that. Are you proud of me for not?
1: <laughs> Here's what it is. Yeah, it's really an <laughs> of you the liminal place you find yourself in. Yeah. Places between your places. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, so an in, in interesting thing that happened when I was writing the sermon is that there's a couple paragraphs in there. And I think one of them that I'm thinking right off bat that, um, to just name is the one where, you know, Palmer, you know, such a pacifist, um, you know, fought in any way, you know, so abhorred slavery that he fought against it and then came out here. And um, is that because this is a sermon series, I got to move that to another sermon. So I get to talk about you know Palmer was and the imperfections, and maybe it's the storms one, maybe it's the storm sermon, or yeah. or maybe it's the you know the in awe sermon. I don't know, but yeah. but doing a series. So I I'm just saying that because I may end up using the word liminal, <laughs> <laughs> in, in another yeah, series, sure, in another sure,
1: sermon, sure, sure. as you deconstruct another text. I understand, but yeah that's what will happen well so what are you hoping people will get out of this What what do you want them to to walk away from the service with sunday
0: yeah um so for this sermon in particular i i think two things being um what is home and and the feeling the acknowledgement the experience of oh yeah this is not the first time I've left home and I survived it last time too. And maybe the, I survived it last time too comes in later sermons in the series. Um, but, but just the, I've left home before, you know, that that's, this is, it's, it's new and it's hard, mm-hmm. but we're strong enough to survive it. Cause we have already in the past And I, and I think for the sermon series, so this may be my answer for the next, you know, six weeks is, um, is some of that grief work that I think uh, we will be a healthier presence in our communities. If we can see and acknowledge, um, the grief, you know, And, and I hate to use this word because it's, um, Hey, it, you know, so it's interesting and not that I need to always talk about Brene Brown, but um, she talks about, she, she doesn't talk about forgiveness in almost any of her books. And the reason she didn't talk about forgiveness is because the data didn't match up. So she, you know, she wanted to talk about it, but she couldn't figure out what forgiveness was. And, Um, and one day in a sermon, I think, um, the, the pastor talks about the need for grief and forgiveness. You can't forgive without grieving the loss of what was.
1: Hmm.
0: And so there's a a hope that I have in this series that, that I think those two things happen if there are the beginning of the two things happen where, we can offer forgiveness because um, we all carry blame, I think, and pointing fingers, and it's their fault we're here. You know, it um, doesn't matter where you stand, you're blaming somebody, right? Um, so, forgiveness and grieving what the loss, um, you know, I, I name that in the, you know, we're grieving hugs. You know, I stand there Sundays after worship and people are leaving and, and I can tell that they never know whether it's okay to shake my hand or not. And I grieve, I grieve that that just didn't used to be a thought, yeah. you know, I, I grieve that we, that we don't just hug and it's just safe to do so. Um, it, and And, you know, I think you, me, I think we've had it as rough as it's been. We've had it fairly easy. Mm -hmm. You know, if I had, you know, little kids, you know, that couldn't Mm -hmm. go to school or that weren't sure. I mean, talk about leaving home. They don't know you know which day they're going to get sent home for two weeks Mm -hmm. and then go back to school for two weeks and get sent home. And, and I mean, that, that grief of. I remember when my kiddos, both when they were in high school, went to online school, you know, I grieved the loss of having my house to myself during the day.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I I mean, and that's on a massive cultural worldwide scale right now, you know. Um, So I I hope this series starts naming some of that.
1: Yeah, I I admit that, that, you know, where, where I felt, found myself emotionally in the sermon was this this um, realization that we're not at home, you know, I mean, you you made it clear and vivid enough uh, that this is one of those unplanned uh, journeys away from home. And and, um, I think that's a good, a good place to begin the series. Um,
0: Whether or not you can name what home is, we all know we're not there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Well, I can't wait to hear it preached live and in person.
0: Yay, Sunday. <laughs>
1: Yay, it's almost here.
0: Yeah. So, are you going to introduce yourself?
1: I'm Kent Ingram, uh, one of the pastors at First United Methodist Church in Colorado Springs and a colleague of Tiffany Keith's, and uh, enjoy getting to talk with her about her sermons on a weekly basis. Who are you?
0: And I'm Tiffany. Um, maybe, you know, we haven't done this in a long time, but maybe we should send it back to the band.
1: Send it back to the fiddle player.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.